0: Is God still a rock for you? Yeah. I heard somebody say back in the day he's a rock in a weary land. Yeah. Lord, have mercy. He's a good God and so we thank God for his goodness and thank him for um, all of the mercy that he dispenses to us daily through our king Jesus. Uh, just a few things before um, we begin I want to keep uh, Erica lifted up she's having surgery tomorrow and so it was a little sudden she just found out the other day and uh, was having some severe bleeding and finding out that there's, there's some possible major issues there. So Erica Mickles, a former church administrator, pray for her uh, with that. And in this season, that sh- as she's dealing with for God's healing for strength, so make sure we can come alongside of her, loving her and helping her as needed. Um, also, uh, Nelson Chu, a.k.a. DJ Official, uh, he got out of the hospital the other day, less time than they thought. Amen. Amen. Um, Bone marrow transplant went well, it's taken well, and uh, he's kind of on hiatus, like my wife and, of course, Pastor Tommy was. We you get a transplant, your immune system is so compromised, and so in light of the transplant being taken in those early stages, it is vital uh, that people stay away, but you can drop off a meal. If you cough and don't bring a meal, um, but they, were, they set up some meals, and, um, and so I'm excited about the life groups in that area, the city, and all those that have been helping and coming alongside of them to help. How many of y'all know community is a good thing? It's a good thing. It's a good thing to have God's people. And so um, you need God, and um, you can say, I got God all by himself, um, but God gives people uh, as a help to us in difficult times, but in even the normal times. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Uh, leaders, don't forget we have leadership this afternoon. It's mandatory. It's not optional. So leadership at 215 sharp. We got some stuff to get through and to work through uh, this week. Uh, let's let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 uh, through 3. We're only going to read verses 1 through uh, 3 today because that's all we will be able to work through. Let's read together. It says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. Keep going. Amen. Amen. Today, I, I just want us to talk about during this time, viewing maturity rightly. Viewing maturity rightly. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for Christ who gives us life and strength through this life. And Lord God, help us to be nurtured and strengthened and to really look deep into ourselves today and look deep into our hearts today and look deeply into where we are today and look deeply where we are not today and seek to be strengthened, seek to be challenged, seek to be changed by the renewing power of the word of God, Lord. And help there to be nothing missed, no person missed in here today, as we all need a check up with you so that we can view uh, maturity rightly. And and so God, I I, I pray today that uh, you would help me to have the power and the strength that makes communicating your word easy. Help it to connect and, and give it that sense of connection where it hits home, but then also prepare hearts to be receptive and, and, and desirous and passionate and committed to what thus saith the Lord is from the word of God, Lord God. Help people to say, I want to be changed. I want to be different. I, I don't want to be the same anymore. I I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I want to be all that you want me to be. And so, Lord, in order to do that, let the words of my mouth and the meditations, God, of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, God, our strength and our redeemer and who we trust. Help your people to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save their souls. And help them to be not just hearers of the word, deceiving themselves, but doers of your us to keep your commandments showing that we love you in Jesus name amen, amen. amen. man you may be seated um, as I think about our subject matter for today and think about and meditate on uh, what, what 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 this text and, and really the the broadness of the book is for us uh, it, it, it sort of reminds me uh, of uh, of standardized tests or tests where, where you're doing uh, where you're getting evaluated or what's called a placement test. How many of you ever took a placement test before? I I hate them things, (laughs) scared to death because you don't know what's gonna happen after you get evaluated in that placement test. Um, But that placement test is either used by a job or, uh, or by a school that you're matriculating into to see where you should be placed in relation to your educational maturity. And so in light of that educational maturity, they say that we're going to put you in this place based on what uh, they believe you know and experience that as it relates to education. Well, Paul is doing the same thing today because he wants the believers in Christ to know where they are in the trajectory of them on their spiritual growth. It is very important to know where you are with the Lord. God does tests in our life and he sets them up to really, really help us to see where we are and see where we need to go. And, 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 as, and as we walk with Jesus, that's important to see it rightly so that you can know where you are, know what you need to pray about, and know what you need in your life for growth and development. It's, it's not, it's not that it's just that when you come and gather with the saints in whatever facet, that you just come to get encouraged. Sometimes you need to be challenged. Sometimes you need to hear some hard things that's going to help you grow. Sometimes you need people around you uh, to help you to grow. Amen, somebody. You need some people around you that can encourage you, but you need some people around you that can tell you how bad you smell spiritually every now and then. In other, in other, in other words, there is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. Uh, a Christianity is set up to make you uncomfortable. And there, 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 there is. I know our pews are padded and all of that, and we got some heat and AC and everything. Now the lighting's nice, but, 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 but outside of this gathering, Christianity is uncomfortable. In light of that uncomfortability, uncomfortability is set up for you to grow. And so and so and so the new testament is filled with things to help you to be what God wants you to be. I want to be all that God wants me to be. I don't want to stay in the same place. How many of you want everything God has for you in your spirit? How many of you want to look just like Jesus? How many of you want to know that day by day as I grow and as I grow, I'm 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 going further. I'm not, I'm not what I I'm not what I supposed to be fully, but I'm not what I used to be. See that—that's so. And so, in light of that reality, no matter how young you are, God demands spiritual maturity to come out of you. No matter how old you are, or when you trusted Jesus, there is a necessity for you to be continuously on the trajectory of spiritual growth. There is no such thing as retiring from growing. That's called glory. And, and, and so no matter where you try to live, no matter how much you got in the bank, no matter how you try to set up your life, God booby traps Christians' lives so they can look like Christ. So you can try to run all you want away from growth. God is going to say, okay, I, you, you don't think I'm near, I'm, I'm near present. So I'm present in the hood and in the plush. So I can tear the plush up. You know, I like that. You know what I'm saying? So go to the place, But wherever you are, I ain't mad at you if you're there, I ain't mad at you. But wherever you are, I am setting your life on a crash course with looking like me. If you're in Jesus Christ, your life is on a crash course of change. It's on a crash course of development. So don't run away from the things that can help you to be all God wants you to be. And so the Corinthians here, the Corinthians here have tried to run away from what God wanted them to be. And so Paul is accosting them through this epistle to grow. He's accosting them uh, to be challenged, to be where God is passionate about them being, and he wants to make them uncomfortable. They didn't like Paul because Paul wasn't like the preachers they were used to. They were used to the preachers, like in Jeremiah 23, telling them that everything was going to be all right and and God's going to come through and um, everything's going to be all right if weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, people say that, but there have been a lot of mornings. Morning don't mean 24 hours in the Bible. Wish I had some time to talk about it. And so, and so, in light of that, in light of that, I understand giving people hope, but hope isn't deluding them to what change, when change is going to come. Hope is knowing that even while change hasn't happened, God will make you all right, even though everything ain't all right. And so, and so, and so, as we as we dive into the Word of God, which is so sobering, and so helpful, if we just read it. If we just soak into it, and I have one point for you today in relation to viewing maturity rightly. Number one and one only. Be willing to face where you really are with the Lord. Be willing. Somebody say be willing. Be willing willing to face where you really, really are. Not where you think you are, but where you really are with the Lord. Look at verse 1. It says, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ." This is interesting because based on Paul's discipleship of them, and later on I'm going to talk about what, how much they were exposed to. I'm going to tell the difference specifically between an immature believer and a mature believer. But it's interesting that Paul um, begins talking to them based on a time expectation. You'll see the same idea, and I, I quote this verse a lot, in, in, in the latter part of Hebrews 5 where Paul says, by now you should have been teachers or disciple makers. So when Paul comes to them, he's saying to them, because he he came to them originally in Acts chapter 18 in 52 AD. So when he first came to the Corinthians, it was 52 AD, he chopped up the scriptures with them, that many of them became believers, and he spent a year and a half with them. Hope that ain't me. Oh, uh, it's off now. Good. I was like, somebody run out. Take care of my car. You know where we're we, we at. Um, <laughs> And so, and so he came to them in 52 AD. Now he's writing to them his first letter because he would have visited them three times. But he writes this letter from Athens to them in 57 AD, which gives us a five-year period of expectation of them from when they trusted Jesus Christ as Savior to now where there was an expectation for them to be spiritually mature. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but if you've been a believer for at least five years, based on the trajectory of this passage, based on the material that I understand, you should be mature by now. That, 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 now, now, mature doesn't mean perfection, it means progression. Get that in your spirit right now. It, it, means, it, means, it means progression. That means you're continuously moving forward. So, so five years is long enough to spiritually be a grown-up on a level where there's some level of stability in your life spiritually. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But, but you and I have to be in an expected place to be not only believers in Christ who are growing, but also reproducing ourselves. See, in Genesis, God created everything to reproduce itself that grows. So in other words, God said, he created this, yielding after its own kind or everything yielding seed. In other words, everything that he created that grows and and, and and it should be able to reproduce itself. That means that there is has to be an expectation on every Christian. No matter how young you are, I don't care what age you are, it's a demand in your life that you be a reproducer. <laughs> Paul was saying that the, 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 the body had got to the point where it wasn't growing anymore and got in a place of deep stagnance because of where he wanted it to be. He said, and I wanted to, he said, it's so much stuff I wanted to chop up with you. He said, I, y'all, don't, y'all just don't know I had mad information. And it wasn't just information to just drop bombs on him and walk out and be like, dang, he killed me. That was dope, right? Boom, boom, it was crazy. Pop chesses. That's not what that was for, all right? And so, and so he's talking about things that they needed for their growth. So he, so he, so he says, he says, uh, could, he said I could not address you. That's interesting. (laughs) I couldn't address you as spiritual people. Spiritual people is, means mature believers here, and not merely saved. (laughs) Okay, In, in other words, it doesn't mean that I'm thankful that I'm going to heaven, and that's it. See, the Corinthians had gotten to the point where they were excited about their salvation, but weren't vigorously passionate about their sanctification. In, 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 other words, in other words, I got insurance from the fire, but I have no desire. You know what I'm saying? We we need both fire and desire. Get it out of your head. I know y'all thinking, love them and believe them. <laughs> Boom. Get out of here, y'all. <laughs> That's what I used to do. Stop it. Come back. <laughs> some of y'all, some of the older folk were like, Lord. Hell. Stop it. And so. But there should be fire, there should be fire and desire. And that, that, that means you should, be, you should be wanting Jesus. There should be a desire for him in every sector of your life. And he, he, says, he says, you're not maturing, you're merely saved. Because he's going to say you're in Christ. Don't give me your systematic theological grid. I'm in the text. do tell me, well, can, it, can those two be mutual? It's, but what does he say in the Bible here? They're saved but not growing. It's possible to be saved. I ain't creating a category called carnal Christianity. I ain't creating a category. All I'm saying is the Bible says that they're saved but not growing. And so he's challenging them in relation to his inability to to, to basically take them to having intermediate palates for Christ. In other words, they still on McDonald's Christianity. Uh Uh-huh. Filet O Fish Ministry, right? You know what I'm saying? Big Mac Ministry. He's trying to upgrade them. You know what I'm saying? To some intermediate love. He's trying to get them from there to Olive Garden, you know, and then to Morton's. You know what I'm saying? So he's trying to get them there. Y'all got what I'm saying, right? But but and so and so and so. In other words, Paul is describing. His frustration with the fact that the Corinthians were not progressing in their faith in Jesus Christ. He said, but the way I had it, So, so, so what, 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 this is what the trajectory that he's looking at. Spiritual people understand a certain cycle. Uh, repeat after me. Creation, creation. Fall, fall, redemption. redemption. That's, the, that's the trajectory of your development as a believer. You're always going through recreation, falls, and redemption. When you got saved, it happened because of creation. God created everything. Then there was a fall, but then Christ redeemed. That's the gospel cycle that you're on. What happened was is they got out of the gospel cycle just because they trusted the gospel, not recognizing that that same cycle that saved you is the same cycle that keeps you. And so what he's trying to help them to do is he, he's, he's saying, I want you, because, because what happens is, is you don't recognize creation represents God's holiness and what he originally created things to be and to do, and then fall means we're messed up, we're in trouble, we, we, we made, we not mistakes, we sinned. But then Christ redeems. <clears throat> That's a constant cycle that you go through in every area of your life. I don't want to get ahead of myself. He says, so I can't talk to you as mature people. <coughs> I wanted to, so I got to talk to you as people of the flesh. That's what he said. He says, so I had to address you as people of the flesh. Now, listen to what this means. <laughs> being people of the flesh points to being only concerned with the material things of life. Fleshly things in life. In behavior and both character. One, 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 one lexicon, I love the way he says this. He, he says, he says, to a state or condition of being human with the focus on being weak, sinful, or transitory. <clears throat> this is interesting as it relates to fleshliness. In other words, transitory means your life is always in a place of mobility and non-stability. So I, I, was, looking at, I was looking at a, a, a post that uh, got put up. Tim Keller was interviewed. And he, he got asked a question basically about the ages of people between the ages of uh, 18 and 45. <clears throat> and he, he was asked the question, what, what encourages you and discourages you about this generation? And he said, I've never met a generation that was as ferociously excited. Um, I added ferociously. I had Eric Mason at John. Um, you know, uh, 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 th- that's th- excited about community and connecting. He said, whenever I put something out, On community, he said, cats want to get together, talk about what it means to chop it up, getting together, you know, getting it in. He said the problem, though, that he sees deeply in this generation, 18 to 45, is that there is not a commitment to making the sacrifices needed to create the community that they enjoy. Are are you tracking with me? In in, in other words, if if you're going to be a stable believer, he said, you can't move every 24 months. You know what I'm saying? Now some of y'all looking at me funny. <clears throat> that means you you're nev- you never you 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 move churches. You you one one week you're going backpacking. Next week you you're going camping, the, you know, the next week you're going to New York, the next week you're going to move and you're going to be a doctor, then after, nah, then, now I want to be a, now I want to be a psycho. nah, I want to move with my friends so I can be closer to people, nah, I need to be closer to my family, in other words, your life is filled with unrooted sustenance that is causing you to be transitory to the point where there's no rootedness where you are, I ain't trying, now I ain't trying to mess up your dreams, somebody says, see, you're a hater, pastor, who, okay. Listen, everybody that tells you you need to grow up ain't a hater. If one more person say, to all my haters out there, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I just want to serve notice to my haters. And I'm like, where hell, do dog? I'm trying to understand who these people are, man, who hating on you. You know what I'm saying? But, but it's funny when people talk about their haters, it's about where they are, not where they are in Jesus. That's how you know you're fleshly that your exaltation is about you telling people off versus helping them. Help me God today. And so I ain't trying to hurt your dream. I'm trying to help you to change how you dream. Your dream need to be rooted in looking like Jesus Christ. If your dream to have a business is just for you to blow up, if your dream for you to be an artist is just for you to blow up, if your dream for you to have a salon or a barber shop or or the best art or, or a label or a company or whatever has nothing to do with Jesus and you live your life around that particular thing, Jesus is not the center of your life. Your personally created dream is. And so God always... Always ask, and the mature believer, ask, what does God get out of my dream? If you don't ask what God gets out of my dream, you're fleshly. <laughs> y'all got, y'all, the claps wasn't the same on that part. See, 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 we're taught in this society to just dream and just, you can be whatever, you know, you can't be whatever you want to be. And not when you want to be, we, oh, help me God, I, that's a whole nother sermon. You can't. You can't be whatever you want to be. We like to, uh, we think that's unleashing people's potential. It's actually creating narcissism in them. (laughs) That's a whole nother sermon. (laughs) But but, but it's very, very important. (coughs) Uh, It's very, and I understand the idea of Imago Day, all of that. But it's very, very important for us to recognize that we're on a trajectory to look more like Jesus Christ and our lives should be like that. And so Paul says, I have to talk to you. Like I talk to people who just got saved. But can you imagine being expected to be mature and I have to talk to you like a person in the back being led to Jesus all over again. I have to sit down and talk to you like you're not growing in the faith. In other words, I got to talk to you like your, your faith, your walk just began. We th- th- That's not what should be in relation to us in our growth and development in Jesus Christ, which frustrated Paul. Let me me just tell you something about the Corinthians, though. The Corinthians had probably the most—let me tell you why Paul is really frustrated, because they had an incredible elite group of people that discipled them. You got to understand, most of the New Testament ain't had the missionary team that they had. We're talking about a monstrositous missionary team that came to them and dropped gospel bombs on them. Number one, they had Paul. They had Paul. Paul. Let's talk about Paul. He had gospel clarity, theological richness. Paul modeled. He didn't just teach them. He modeled sacrifice. He modeled brokenness. We'll model that today. Whole another story. I, let's do the preachers of brokenness. Let's put that on TV. Um, um, uh, so help me God today, preachers of sacrifice, preachers of I don't want to take everything that I can take. Help me God today. But if you put that on TV. Let's make that a reality TV show. Help me. Reality ain't real unless it's Christ real. Anyway, on, a beastly work ethic, etc. So Paul modeled that. He said, look at my back. I got lit up for you, yeah. right, just to bring the gospel. So he's showing the example preaching the gospel in weakness. They had Peter walk with Jesus. It, ain't get no, it don't get no doper than that. You ain't gotta say. Let me look at the comments. Say, what did Jesus say that day? He's telling you stories that ain't even written in the book. You know, in the Bible, he's telling you. Let me tell you the surrounding story. You get to listen to Peter talk about walking with Jesus. That's your disciple maker. It's nuts, right? It's crazy. You should have saw, man. When Jesus, I'm, 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 I cut the dude's ear off. The dude's earpiece was still on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Jesus touched his ear. The jaw grew out, and his ear was still on the ground. Bananas. All the blues like, yo! <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, that's your disciple maker, right? But not only that, they had Apollos. He was a world class communicator. Understanding of the scriptures was crazy. And his hermeneutics was beastly. He saw Jesus everywhere. He could point you to Jesus in any book in the Bible, in Tanakh, from Genesis to Malachi, crushing it. He could explain from Isaiah the whole creation, form, redemption theme, working it out. But then they had Aquila and Priscilla. Now, Aquila is thought in church history to be one of the 70 that Jesus sent out. So Aquila, the reason why we think that is because he and his wife were independent missionaries that was probably connected to the missionary movement that Jesus started that was connected to the 120 under the apostles, but they spread out. And so because Jerusalem got knocked down and ate one, uh, in of Acts where persecution broke out— y'all still tracking with me, right?— And then later on in chapter 17 of Acts, um, all of the missionaries were pushed out of um, Rome because they went from Jerusalem to Rome. Then they were pushed out. It's believed that they were part of the 70. But not only that, they were so beastly Uh, Aquila and Priscilla, you know, can chop it up with a world-class hermeneutical communicator, a woman and a man. A woman and a man sit down with a world-class dude, understanding Tanakh, and be able to walk him through a more clearer gospel presentation, a woman and a man. So stop thinking we hate women at the churches in the Bible. Plat out. So now we got right here a glorious, beautiful opportunity to see how much, I mean, can you imagine the ministry that was going on in Corinth? You got Apollos, Paul, Peter, Aquila, then you got Timothy. Timothy's his mama and grandmama taught him the scriptures. He knew the law by heart, so when he got saved, click him, Jesus became real clear. You had Titus there. He went later in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 where they sent the offering to them, and he would have ministered to them. You, are you hearing me today? They had so much exposure but very little maturity. <laughs> And I wonder today, we got podcasts, we got Kindle, we got Nook, we got Amazon, we, 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 I mean we got, we can, I can on the plane download of a, a Bible, on, we got more Bible translations than anybody in the history of the world. We exist in a context where we can pray, and, we can do prayer walks and won't have to worry about persecution. People can hear us worshiping and, and studying and teaching. And, uh, and how, why aren't we better believers with all the exposure we have? We got more exposure than the Corinthians, believe it or not. Some more information. And that means we should be better believers. But don't mix up your exposure for experience. Just because you've been exposed to truth. Somebody, if one more person tell me, there ain't no solid churches in Philly. It's a lie. I've met with many pastors this fall. It's a bunch of solid gospel preaching pastors in Philly. Stop that lie. We got so much to be thankful for, but very little development in Christ to show for it. We should be zoom lensing on Jesus on a regular basis. Regularly. There shouldn't be any lapses in our walk with God. We should be able to look and see, this is where I am. This is where I'm not. I'm not. God, I want to be more like Jesus Christ. But we don't want to hear truth in our life. We want to hear truth. Somebody should have been here. To, someone should have been here tomorrow. I tell them they should have came here, But you can't hear a word for you. Listen, and so, and so Paul is directing us and helping us. to under, He says, so I had to speak to you as infants. Now, check this out. Because as he begins talking about speaking to them as infants, he said, uh, infants here means those who are not yet of spiritual age. Okay? They're, they're not, not of spiritual age yet. And so they're young in the faith. They're childish, one commentator says. And so, his, uh, uh, so, so, so the point of, of this is, is, he says right after that, you're infants in Christ. Then he says, I fed you with milk. Let's break this down. What is milk? Because one of the things I was wrestling with and studying in the Scriptures, the difference between milk and meat, I wanted to get sort of like clarity on that because the Bible sort of mentions it. But I said, God, I want your people to really know the difference between milk and solid food from an exegetical, biblical, theological standpoint based on what the Word of God says. And so I turned over to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. And it says, so put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy envy, and all slander, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Now, hypocrisy means you're a spiritual actor. Envy means you want what else somebody else has, and you're actually the hater, not somebody else. Um, Slander means you spread lies about someone else to murder their reputation to another person. So he says this is what they were walking in. If you look in verse 5, the, uh, verse 3 or 4 in 1 Corinthians 3, this is what the believers were walking in. They were more concerned about those things than milk and uh, uh, developing. So what we see here, stay with me please, it says, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready. So that means at some point they stopped drinking altogether. Now, what is... Milk. Clear question. Great question. I'm glad you asked it. Now, how do we know what milk is? Hebrews 6 1. Look at it. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine about Christ. That elementary points to the fact that it's beginning teachings of the Christian faith. So whenever believers were uh, come to Jesus Christ, there was a new believers class that was had among believers. Just a sidebar for free. You, 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 uh, y'all see I'm getting amped. amp. Um, the, the, the issue is, is y- you need to understand the fundamentals of Christianity. Let me move forward. I'm not going to get no amens, but it's all right. It says, therefore, let us, not individuals, not some special group of Christians, but every Christian, every Christian, there's an expectation for every believer, every single one of us to, to leave the elementary things about Christ. He says, and go on to maturity. He says, not laying a foundation. He's about to tell us what the foundation is. He already told us doctrine about Jesus. I'll tell you what that means in a second. He uh, says, on to maturity, teleos, completion, right? He says, not laying, again, a foundation of repentance from dead works, number one. Um, and number two, actually, actually, number two and number three, faith towards God. Then he says, instruction about washings. These are all fundamental Bible doctrines. Then he says, and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So that's what believers' classes were like when they first became believers. So what what, what, what does that look like? So what in the world does elementary teachings about Jesus? All of that, some, some wise, is elementary teachings about Jesus. But there were specific classes that were taught by the apostles, or the apostolic delegates, or the elders, or the missionaries, when they went to a place to develop the believers in basic Christian doctrine okay? These things stabilize you. They're not just high and mighty, big words that lead to nowhere because these are the very things that help you to grow up in salvation so it's not for some special group of Christians, it's for every single Christian to understand. So elementary doctrine is about Christ, was the person and work of Christ. Who is he and what he came to do? Clarity on that. His death, burial, and resurrection, clarity on that. His hypostatic union, 100% God, 100% man, united in one person. Two natures not mixing forever. That's basic. It's basic. That ain't being deep. That's knowing your Lord. Help me today. It's knowing Christ. That's why you were put here. Those words aren't just some esoteric theological terms, that's the Lord in whom you believe. You need to know his nature. He said repentance from dead works, legalism. This is repentance, changing your mind about what you think things should be like and embracing his. He said repentance from things that can't save you. So you need to repent from trying to make yourself righteous. Repent from trying to believe that your little growing up in the church saved you. Repentance from believing that your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. It's a basic Christian doctrine. But you actually build on it. I'll tell you how in a second. He says, faith towards God. Sola fida. That didn't start during the Reformation. This is old school Bible doctrine. Ancient. Vintage. Sippable. Ah. beautiful doctrine to let you know that you don't earn salvation. Salvation earned you. Help me, God. How many, and you need, to, you need to know that every day of your life. Those are the things that start you and you remember and it just keeps you and holds you in place and keeps you from going from hell breaking, keep, keeping you all right. These, things, these are the basic things that's supposed to build you up. I got to keep moving. He says, washings, baptism. Understanding that you identify, your identity is rooted in Jesus Christ. That's a doctrine about Christ. Oh, that's too deep. Huh? You, you, I, don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I could tell you every thing gonna be all right tomorrow, and you're gonna get this and get that. But these are the things that'll help you to stay, stay okay. These things that help you stay okay. Okay? Then he says, laying on the hands, which points to the receiving of the spirit, healing as a sign towards eternal restoration, not just for healing's sake. That's another story. Come, I'll get that to that in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, commissioning leaders here. So commissioning leaders and commissioning new churches and elders. So that means when you look at laying on the hands in the New Testament, it's used for those things. Ecclesiology, the building up for the church, who is anointed to lead God's people. Then he says, eternal judgment, resurrection from the dead, the return of Christ. He ain't arguing about the eschaton, whether or not you preterist or whether or not you covenant reformed or whether or not you uh, pre-trib, post-trib, you know, mid-wrath view. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all looking at me funny. That's stupid arguments about when people, how people think Jesus is going to return. But the Bible says revelation ain't about all of that. It tells you in verse 3 of chapter 1 what it's about, the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you walk away with anything else, you miss Revelation. So so the, so so, so we so that means you're building your hope on Jesus returning. That's basic doctrine that's able to hold you over no matter what you go through. You think you don't need doctrine? Listen, go through some hell and let everything fall apart around you and you ain't got nothing else to hold on to. You say, what can, "Where is my hope? What can I Oh, this ain't gonna always be like this. Oh, oh, I learned that in basic believers class that Jesus Christ is gonna come back. But even though I, things in my life ain't held in place, he'll, oh, that hope means He'll hold me in place. Oh, to be absent from, the, oh, yeah, to live as Christ, but to die. Oh, all that's basic. Anyway, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. And so, and so, and so all this is basic food. And so and so and so and so he says and so and so these are basic basic truths that every believer should be up on. Period. Snuts to me. So check it out. Then he says not solid food. He says so that means that there is a solid food. It means that 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 beyond the trajectory of all of those different elementary teachings about Christ there's an expectation that you move to maturity. Now, where do we find that? In Galatians chapter three, verse three. He says, you who have began by Christ will now be sanctified by the flesh versus the spirit. Now, what does that point us to? Points us to the fact (coughs) that the Galatians (coughs) were justified and nurtured by the foundational Bible doctrines, okay? But some Judaizers came, let me teach for a second. came and tried to tell them that they could grow spiritually without the foundational doctrines. So Paul writes them to rebuke them about what they believe sustain him. He said, if you're trying to be sanctified for the flesh, maybe you weren't saved in the first place. So, so, so what happens is, is when you trust Jesus Christ... He, you, 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 you're fully, but you're fully put in a position of perfection. But what those nutritional things do is they continue to grow you. How? It saturates how you look at everything. Saturates everything. And, and then you begin to look at life not from a fleshly standpoint. That means you begin to look at life from a spiritual standpoint, not hyper-spiritualization. I would demise that hyper-spirituality is actually fleshliness because it helps you to ignore what's really going on so you can rightly apply the Word of God to it. So being hyper-spiritual is not mature because maturity doesn't ignore. Somebody say, I ain't sick. Well, the doctor just told you you got cancer. I ain't sick. I'm, just, I'm not going to claim it. That, what is, I, where is that in the Bible? Who, uh, hold on. Who got healed from saying they weren't in need of it? That's immature. Okay? And so so, so uh, 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 mature believers say, God, I need healing. I have this. And Lord, heal me. And even if you don't, I'm going to still walk with you. That's not faith. That's not faith. No. What did the Hebrew boys say? Even if you don't deliver me. <sighs> so God coming through doesn't put his character on the line. God keeping you in it shows you his character. That's another sermon. I got to keep going. So not solid food. So that means this must saturate every sector of your life. Even what you watch now, um, I'm gonna say this, and you can get mad at me if you want to. All right, one, two, three. You know, I, I'm I, now, now, You know, every show on TV has issues, but I, I but but uh, but I get concerned about what we rejoice in. There's a difference between watching something and rejoicing in its fallenness. So, I'm going to just say this. Y'all can stone me after gathering. I'll stand there and let you. Um, scandal. I'm going to just say this. I'm going to just say this. I'm going to say this. Y'all get mad at me. Y'all get mad at me all you want. And I know some of y'all going to your phone unfriending me. I don't want him to see number on my post. <laughs> but was, uh, and, and my issue ain't with you watching scandal. that's not even my issue. M- my issue is is what you rejoice in when you post. And, and, and let me just say this, and I'm not trying to beat up the ladies. But I understand the desire to see a powerful black woman or woman. B- but and there's a sense in our culture of wanting to be conformed to the images of what we see, and and all of the ability to powerfully motivate and have power in your lap, if you will, or on the lap of the powerful, and control things, and and, and you begin to desire and build your—you don't realize that you're being educated spiritually— and you're, it, it, you. Know, in other words, you have no grid up. There's no grid. You're not using the mind of Christ. All you're purely doing is is is, is allowing yourself to be nurtured and developed off of an image that you may want to be conformed to. And I'm just trying to let you know right now, a spiritual person won't over. Sp- Listen, some of y'all spiritualize. Well, it you know it has a redemptive Listen, this just, just is what a mature person says. Not a real, but a mature person. I just like the show. I ain't gonna try to act like it's. I'm just looking at it because I didn't have many models of. Just, don't, don't, don't do that. That's, just say, I like it. Disciple me through how to put on a grid so that I can look. If I look at it, I look at it through the lens of Scripture. And not be edutained yeah, into my excellent. continued fleshliness. See, 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 and see, we, we gotta begin to say, uh, uh, say say that we're gonna deal with every area of our life and let the gospel saturate. I had, to, like I told y'all last week, I, I I had I had to repent to my wife because I had misused something and tried to boomerang it on her and had to repent of that. Listen, if you don't like repenting, Christianity is a bad place to be because you're gonna do it until Jesus comes back. Listen, mature people don't stop repenting. They just realize more of what they need to repent of. (laughs) Listen, maturing means you realize how much more of a mess you are and how glorious God is through Jesus Christ. And what happens is the more you grow in there, you're like, dag, I'm a mess. But dag, he's glorious. But I'm made new. That's good. So I don't have to stay in my mess and sulk in, but I get to stare at his holiness and be conformed to his holiness. So I don't, I don't have to stay. See, that's the good thing about growing spiritually, is you you, you can be exposed. God is look at your nakedness, but he won't leave you in it. And, 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 and that means you, you open up everything. Listen, a mature believer opens up everything. You open up every single area of your life. There's nothing off limits. God is caving in everything. He said, "But you, he said, I want to teach you more, but you're not ready. He says, for you are still of the flesh. He says, while there is jealousy and strife among you. He says, there's a lot of jealousy, there's a lot of strife, and you can't. He says, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Talks about them being jealous, being greedy and prideful, longing for something that belongs to somebody else. Strife, bitter disagreement, and creating division between other people based on your opinion. He said, That's, that doesn't look to me like walking with Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, he's going to say, I betrothed you to one husband, and that is Jesus Christ. He said, but I'm afraid that as Satan tempted Eve, that you would be drawn away from the simplicity of devotion to Christ. So subtle to be drawn away from Christ by your fleshly desires. As I close, I, 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 I was encouraged because I, 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 I want us, by God's grace, to be a community that admits where we are, but a grace community enough to challenge be challenged with the grace as we bask in the presence of God together. As you bask in the presence of God together, everything in your life begins working and moving towards His image. My my sons, I I buy them all kinds of cartoon movies and stuff and shows. So uh, (coughs) last night, Nehemiah wanted to watch uh, Superman and Animated Adventures. So I put in a disc and we're watching Animated Adventures and, and Superman pulls out this machine. And when he pulls out this machine, on it, the people, you can see people in the Phantom Zone. Some of y'all may know what I'm talking about, if you're s- Supermanies. They got Trekkies and Star Trek people, you know, Star Wars, <laughs> Supermanies or whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. But Phantom Zone is where they put people in prison. And a lot of them are in there either for a time period or forever. And so Superman saw this this, this, this woman hollering out from the Phantom Zone, please help me, please help me. And So he let her out the Phantom Zone. And when he let her out the Phantom Zone, uh, she's from Krypton, and and, and as she was walking around, she looked around, and she saw what the humans were like. And the humans were just regular, you know, how we are. But then she saw Superman, Superman seeing through stuff and, you know, lighting stuff up with his eyes, and he flying and carrying on, and got strength. And can, she said, so how, she said, she said, me and you are from Krypton. She said, but how come I'm not l- like you are yet? He said, oh, it's real simple. He says, the longer you bask in the sun, the sun's rays are going to be absorbed into you, and you'll get stronger like me. You'll be able to see through walls. You'll be able to do everything that I'm able to do because you basked in the sun. Well, well, well he was talking about the S-U-N, but I want to talk to you about the S-O-N, that you would bask in the rays of Jesus Christ, that you would spend time absorbing every nutrient that God has for you, that you would absorb and maximize His humanity, that you would absorb the glory of His deity, that you would look at the glory of what baptism is in identifying with Christ, repentance from dead works, absorbing the fact that my works don't do anything to make me like Jesus Christ, but it's what He has done by faith for me, and that saves me, and that keeps me. But then I also recognize that this process of struggle will not last always. This light and momentary affliction will not last always because we will also be revealed in the eternal weight of glory because we have basked in the sun, but then the fullness of Christ is one day going to return and he will be the sun. There will not be in need of any sun and he will shine and the universe will be lit up and we will be absorbing the rays of his presence. And by the way, you don't have to be a Kryptonian to do that. You just got to believe in him by faith become a Christian to believe that. And so I I, I, I implore you today, grow. I implore you today, don't settle for mediocrity. I implore you today, desire the pure milk of the word if you're a babe, that is able to make you strong for salvation. Admit that you're a babe in Christ. If you're a babe, say I'm a babe. Don't try to act beyond your age. It looks silly. If you're an older believer, don't stop walking with Jesus. Don't let yourself get in a situation where you think you've been with Him long enough that you don't need to grow some more. You're not glorified yet. You still need the rays of the sun today. Be motivated by the strength of the gospel to make you everything in Him that you can ever be. If you just let Him. Father, I just pray today, Father, she You would help us. She You would help us to absorb and Absorb, I'm not talking about be, being deep and trying to w- recite big words, I'm talking about <laughs> growth and maturity that leads to dramatic and in-depth experience because of walking with him and spending time with him and being around those who would challenge and open up ourselves to where we are fleshly, all of us are, but Lord God. I pray that the glory of Christ would eclipse would eclipse our fleshliness as we become spiritual men and women. May there be not a person here, if you don't come back for another millennium, Lord, may there not be one person in this place that would live, if they're a believer, that would live the entirety of their life in spiritual infancy. God, maybe Someone here today, they absolutely know that they don't know you as Savior. It's clear. They've never met you as Savior. Put their confidence in the fact that your wrath, your anger towards sin was satisfied through Jesus' death on the cross, who died in our place and was raised up on the third day to relinquish Sins grip on us and your wrath being after us. God, open up eyes. Make them clear to see you. Maybe you're here today. You'd know if you died today. That you don't know Jesus and you'll spend eternity in torment separated from the glory of his majesty. And experiencing him forever. If that's you, you want to put your confidence, your trust in Jesus Christ alone. Slip your hand in the air. We really desire to lead you to Jesus Christ today.